0: at golf and let me tell you why. I'm Avery your host of the Why You Suck at Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us on another episode and today I have a very special guest like they all are but today it is Seth Glasgow. He's the director of instruction at Monarch Beach Golf Links in Orange County, California. He's here to share a little bit of insight on why you might be sucking at golf and it might not even be your fault. So stay tuned but first let's hear from Anchor. Happy to be joined with Seth Glasgow. He's the director of golf instruction at Monarch Beach Golf Links in California. Also the founder and director of instruction for the Patriot Golf Foundation. How are you today?
1: I'm well, thank you. How are you, Avery?
0: I am good. Are you keeping busy during the quarantine?
1: I am. I've become a home improvement fanatic, so I've renovated my entire um, dwelling. I've become a (laughs) construction guy.
0: All right, so I know you live in two places. So home improvement in California or Arizona. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, California. Yep. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's dive right in. How about you tell me a little about your past and how you learned the game of golf?
1: Well, um, the learning part was an accident. I, my whole career has been one big accident. Avery, it's kind of funny. Um, I got dragged to a camp up in the mountains when I was in high school, summer between junior and senior year of high school. My dad was a big golfer, tried to get me to play golf, and I refused. I was a baseball player, and I just had no interest in golf at all. But went to this camp for a week, and there was nothing to do at all. But they had a little three-hole terrible golf course, a little shed full of beat-up old clubs and balls. And we just made the circle around this, this three-hole golf course for the whole week. And when I came home, I told my dad I, I wanted to learn how to play golf. And – when he regained consciousness, he went out and got me a set of clubs and away I went. Um, and so I uh, then as I t- I got into golf by accident as well, I was at a golf course down here in Southern California and a couple of friends of mine were out and we were out there playing and I'm a left handed player. I went into the golf shop to admire their only left handed putter that they have uh, or that that they had in, in stock. And as I was looking at the putter, um, the kid who worked the the range and parked the golf carts at night came in and punched the time clock and the boss came out the head pro came out and looked at his watch and said you're late again and they got into a little tiff and the kid quit just walked right out so the assistant pro behind the counter said way to go pro you know you're supposed to fire the kid at the end of the shift not at the beginning of the shift now who's going to pick the range and park the golf carts and so they went about to flip a coin to see who was going to do what and i just walked up and said guys i couldn't help but overhearing. And I'm looking for a job right now. And the head pro looked me up and down said, here, fill this application out. And next thing you knew, I was out in the tractor picking the range. So I fell fell into golf um, that way. And um, then as I I worked my way up the ranks and became an assistant pro and in the PGA and the rest of it, um, I landed at a golf course where the head pro wanted to start a teaching program and he wanted me to head it up. He wanted me to run it. And I said, well, that's great. I'm flattered. The only problem is I don't Teach. I don't know how to teach. He said, We well, better learn. It starts in a week. <laughs> so um, I did not know the first way to go about it, but um this was back in the olden days, way before your time, and we were watching VHS tapes. Up every street corner, there was a, a VHS rental store. So I stopped into my local one and had a look around, and they had one golf tape, and it was it was called How to Become a Complete Golfer by Jim Flick and Bob tosky and i'd read both of their articles in golf digest and i thought well this is good solid info so i went home and i watched that video and literally memorized it and that's that's what i taught from And so the, the real irony was then uh, a few years later, I got an opportunity to go to Palm Springs and work. And, um, I got on with the golf digest schools as a, what they call as a range attendant. And, um, you get out there early and set the range up and set the T t the, um, practice areas and training areas up and kind of assist with the students and the teachers as they come through and who was my first teacher to come through Jim Flick. So I walked right up to him and said, pal, you are the reason why I teach golf. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? So I explained my VHS rental uh, story to him. And he said, well, that was pretty clever. He goes, you picked the right tape. So (laughs) literally from that moment on, he put me right under his wing. And that was 1990. And um, so I was then I worked for Jim Flick all the way from then till uh, 2005. And um, so he was pretty much my mentor and kind of brought me along and led me along and helped me navigate through this crazy world of golf instruction. And so the rest is uh as they say, is history.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, That's such a crazy story. And like you said, it's kind of by accident. I love that. All of
1: it was by accident. I fell ass backwards into every bit of it.
0: <laughs> well, Let's dive right into today's topic and we're going to discuss how badly the game of golf is taught and some good news for our listeners that it might not always be your fault that you actually suck. Right? So yes. <laughs> what do you have to say about that?
1: Well, um, I would say a lot of things to that. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, it's the, uh, I feel that the biggest, um, deterrent from, from getting better at golf is the way we're teaching it. And, um, Uh, it's not, uh, as you said, it's not the fault of the player, you know, not every doctor graduated at the top of their class. Okay. You've got some doctors out there practicing medicine who cheated their way through biology and, and, but they still made it through, they got their degree and, and they're practicing medicine. Now I would say, make that same analogy with, with teachers. I mean, there's a ton of great teachers out there, but there's also a ton of guys and gals out there who are pretty much making it up as they go along. And they see uh, I, I've been seeing it for I've just started my 37th year of teaching and um, I've seen it for four decades now. Um, the evolution of it, they a young boy or, or young man or woman wants to pursue the golf business. They become an assistant pro. They stand in the golf shop and they make minimum wage and fold sweaters and answer the phone. And they look outside and see the teacher out there charging 100 bucks an hour, or 200 bucks an hour and out in the sunshine. They say, well, that's where I want to be. The problem is they don't take the time to learn how to do it before they run on out there and and start dispensing information. So uh, in in business, there's a term called ROI, return on investment. Well, if you look at a golf lesson, OK, especially a lesson given by someone who probably shouldn't be teaching. Um, so you go out and you spend an hour and X amount of dollars and you get some information well, you take that information with you. You go out to the car, you get in the car, you put your clubs in the trunk and away you go. By the time you make your way to the practice ground, after a few days of life getting in the way, you've got about 50% retention of what you learned or heard or set or was, was presented during this one hour lesson. So you go out to mm-hmm. the range with that 50% understanding of what they told you. And then as you try to, 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 or as you attempt to do what the teacher told you to you, invariably you're going to do it a little in a little bit incorrectly so now your roi reduces a little more you probably you were probably doing it half right so now you're at 25 percent return on your investment and that's to me not a not a, a good enough number for us to build a model around um mm-hmm. so it's it's not only the information that's being dispensed but it's how people practice as well um but I feel like the, the teaching community is kind of the tip of the spear in the, in the golf world. We're the ones who bring people in and help them understand the game enough uh, to go out and play it and, and, and spend money on greens fees and equipment and travel and all the rest of it. So um, a, a statistic that's been uh, documented for eons is more people quit golf every year than take up golf every year more, mm-hmm. more golf courses are closing every year than our opening. So our game has been in a steady decline for a long time. Now we've been very proactive. We haven't sat around and watched it happen like tennis did. Um, when I was a kid, tennis was a very relevant sport. It was the top, you know, it was the top four or five sport. Um, I, I knew who all the top tennis players were and watched Wimbledon on TV and the U S open and the rest of it. But, their viewership has declined as, as participation has declined. And all of a sudden, tennis woke up one day and said, wait a minute, we, we're not even on the radar screen anymore. Well, golf didn't want that to happen. So they've been a little more proactive. There's a lot of grow the game initiatives that have come down through the PGA and the National Golf Foundation and USGA. And those have helped uh, a great deal. But back to the original statement, which, you know, a programs only as good as the as the people that are are implementing it the, the people are actually running the program and I just don't think we've done a very good job of educating people uh as to how to teach this game well enough to to be able to justify going out and take taking people's money to do it
0: yeah and especially now with all the resources online what do you think about that people taking so many different um direction from so many different professionals online and do you think you should stick to one coach or do you think it's good to get other opinions? Well,
1: it's, it's awful. I mean, if the golf, golf is a habit formation game. Okay. How could, I mean, just conventional logic, let's take ourselves out of golfer's mindset and into just, just straight conventional logic. How would you ever expect to build a habit when you try something new every single time you swing the golf club? So that at the core of all of it is, um, to your point, finding credible information and, and sticking to it. Now, ironically, um, going back to 1991, we had our first, um, opening presentation with the Nicholas Flick golf schools. Um, Jim Flick, who I mentioned earlier was Jack Nicholas, swing coach. So, In 1991, Jim left Golf Digest, and they created the Nicholas Flick schools, and and Jim took myself and a few of the Golf Digest guys along with him. So we were on the original Nicholas Flick staff, and I remember he would stand up in front of the people every three days. We'd do three-day golf schools, and he'd say, folks, we live in an era of information overload. There's so many ways to access information as to how to get better. All it does is, is make you worse and confuse you. This was 1991. Now, yeah. we are exponentially past that here in 2020. There's no shortage. You, we could literally spend an entire calendar year looking at everything that's, that's online um, relative to golf instruction. The problem is, back to the original statement, you can't build a habit if you try something new every time you go out to the practice ground. It's impossible.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of players like want to mimic their favorite golfers, So they dive into their swing coaches and they don't look for one that best suits them. They look what best suits the pro. And I think that's a big problem as well. But what do you think separates you from other instructors?
1: Well, I mean, now it's my experience and my my pet, my teaching pedigree. The, The people that I was able to spend time with. Um, and and be on the practice ground and the te- and the and the training ground for hours at a time. They were the they were the best minds in golf. I mean, I got to hang around with the the Golf Digest staff um, for three years, and this was the who's who of American teachers. They all wrote articles um, for Golf Digest. That was the instructional articles that everyone read around the country, and this was the instruction staff. So I got to I mean I was just like a sponge. I just listened and and asked questions and learned and. Back then, the only way to be we knew to become a teacher. this was before the PGM program and, and the American Teachers Federation and all this stuff that different ways you can get uh, certified. But did you back then you'd go and, and sit and watch a teacher teach. I would drive to Arizona and sit on the hill and watch Jim Flick teach and listen and, and make mental notes. And then if I got a, some FaceTime with him later, I'd ask him, well, what about this guy that did this? How come you gave him that? And I'd kind of m- navigate my way through it but mm-hmm. you combine that and then all the years you know you, you the diagnostic part of things that's the that's that's the big component older teachers have diagnostic skills they've they've seen enough golf swings to to be able to look and i can watch one golf swing and and tell you what the biggest your biggest highest priority item is just based on the fact that i've looked at 17 billion golf swings
0: yeah that makes sense yeah do you think that being a left-handed instructor has put any um roadblocks in the way?
1: Absolutely not. I've actually um, found it to be a positive. And there's a couple um, ways. One is, as I'm standing in front of you and I know you're a right-handed player, I've seen you hit it. So I can make Mm -hmm. a movement with you um, in a, in a mirror image and, Okay. So I can stand right in front of you like you're looking in a mirror and I can make a, a swing up to a position and say, this is how, this is where I want you. Um, So th- that part of it, um I never felt was a deterrent at all. I've managed to pander myself to both sides. I tell lefties, look, you should be taking lessons from me. We play on the same team. And then I tell the righties, <laughs> you should be taking lessons from me because I'm I'm just, like standing and looking in a mirror. So <laughs> a little, you know, like I said, a little pandering.
0: I love that. I love that. I think you need that to be successful. It's such a competitive industry, too. Absolutely. (laughs) What do you think is taught wrong most often regarding the golf swing or course management, whatever you like? Well, if we
1: want to talk about the golf swing, it's. I think the thing that's mistaught the most is is the the function of the body, the the role that the body plays. Um, Mm -hmm. The body is in essence with with, now let's set aside tour players. Let's just go ahead and set the men and women who make their living playing this game. They're professional athletes. They're elite athletes. They have earned the right to do what they do in their golf swings. And if they want to use their body as a power source, they've earned the right to do so. However, the average golfer, John and Jane Q golfer out there has not earned the right to use their body as a power source. And oftentimes the use or misuse of their body interferes with what the club needs to do. Now that golf ball doesn't give a darn of who you are or what you're wearing or what book you read or what video you're, you're learning from. It, it cares about what the club tells it through the impact zone, through the hitting zone. And the only way to, to get a club face, Square to the target line and and stable, staying stable through the hitting zone to take away side spin and and give you compression, is to make from from parallel to ground to the ground with the club shaft parallel to the ground uh, entering the hitting zone, to parallel to the ground exiting the hitting zone. That little half circle Mm -hmm. down there at the bottom is the only thing really that matters. And if you if you think about that, that doesn't have anything to do with your hips or your shoulders or your weight shift or any of that stuff. And consequently, people take medicine that that doesn't fit their their sickness and then they get worse
0: i got you what about course management what do you think about that
1: well i don't know that at the at the novice level or the um you know the average golfer level there is any course management i mean it's 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 <laughs> there it, and true. say well okay <laughs> i'm just gonna hit this as hard as i can and um see where it goes and then they go find it and hit it again um, and I don't, I don't know that, I mean, to be fair, you can't really have g- game management until you can control your ball flight until you have a, a swing that repeats and you can predictably hit the ball, you know, a, 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 the direction that you would like to until that time. It's kind of, uh, it doesn't make much sense to have course management. If you decide you're going to go out, okay, in the first hole's a par four, it's 380 yards. I'm going to hit a three-wood off the tee. That'll give me an eight iron into the green and um, I'll have a, a birdie putt. And you get up there and you, blocked that three without a bounds. well all of a sudden your strategy just went right out the window and now you're and now you're playing defense and that's another i mean just hitting on that um th- there is offense and defense in golf and i don't know that everybody realizes that when you're standing on the tee with a wide open fairway and you got driver in your hand you're playing offense you're going to try to hit that ball as far as you can when, once it goes to the right under that tree now you got to start playing defense defending against the blow-up hole the big number that ruins your whole score
0: Yeah, that's very true. What do you think – let's say I want to get certified. What do you think the best route to do that is today? Because I know you said you used to watch um, your coach that you worked with and used to take mental notes. But nowadays, it's hard to get hired at a um, country club if you don't have that proper certification. So what do you think the best way of going about that?
1: Well, to to finish that point, I I wasn't hired at any of the places where I went went and watched – the teacher teach. I got his or her permission. Can I come out and watch you teach uh, Tuesday afternoon? And they would, you know, some would say, no, I I don't, I don't allow that. Um, And that, but most of them would say, sure, come on out. So I wasn't an employee of that facility. I was just a a guest and a spectator. Um, But it's the way today, you know, there's no shortage of ways you can get certified to be a teacher. Um, And I don't know that there, any of them are better or worse than others. And I think that they're all good as far as foundation builders, you know, to get a basic understanding of how to teach the game. But I don't really think you become a teacher until you get out there and teach and and learn from the process, learn from your students and and learn from your mistakes. I mean, I honestly, Avery, I'd love to get a hold of the people that I taught in my first year or two of teaching. I'd like to give them their dang money back because I was learning I was learning how to teach while they were trying to learn how to play. But there's no way to circumvent that process. You can't just download an app and be experienced. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to you have to put in your time and hope for the best.
0: I think experience is everything, not only in the golf industry, but everywhere. Sure. But let's shift sure. gears a little bit. Let's discuss your new foundation and what that's about.
1: Well, what it's about is giving back to um these people who've sacrificed um everything uh for us, for our freedom and uh for our liberty. And uh it, it was it came from um I mean, I've always been a Patriot. Uh, my, my father was in the Navy. Uh, my uncles all fought in World War II. My dad was in Korean War. My brother was a Marine. My son's a Marine. So I've had a, a lot of that, you know, uh, interaction with the military and I've always been a Patriot. I love this country. Um, but I went to I was invited um, to the Folds of Honor, um, the, their first um, gala event that they held for at the, the Patriot uh, Golf Club in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and it was the Patriot Cup. And um, a gentleman by the name of Dan Rooney, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, founded the uh, Folds of Honor Foundation to help uh, provide scholarships for kids whose parents have been lost in the war on terror. Prior to his um, uh, founding the Folds of Honor, there was no government program in place for kids who've lost uh, mom or dad uh, in the war. When they got out of high school, they were on their own. So Dan created Folds of Honor so that these kids could get get scholarships and and go to college. And um, so he's he's sent thousands of kids through college since um, uh, early part of this century. And I was exposed to that, and it really resonated with me. So I got on uh, the the idea of creating a golf school that um, we could do golf schools around the country for our corporate. Um, friends and um, then divert the the proceeds to the foundation so with our with the Patriot Golf Foundation what we do is I've I basically reconstructed the entire Nicholas Flick golf staff I've got 25 of the best teachers um, in the country that are the Patriot Golf Foundation uh, master staff and we will uh, once the snow melts on the coronavirus we will go uh, around the country doing three-day golf schools just like we did back in the good old days the difference is when the corporation um, writes a check for this three-day event, uh, 100% of it is tax deductible. It goes, they're writing their check to the Patriot Golf Foundation and um, because it's a business activity, uh, they can write the entire thing off on their taxes. So it's a win-win-win. Um, the, the, the company is winning. They're getting a great uh, three-day experience with the best teachers in the country. Uh, that they can um, share with their employees or their, their vendors or their clients. Um, they, the, our staff is getting a chance to go back out again and, and spread this, this word and, and be ambassadors of golf again. And then the foundation um, benefits by um, receiving the proceeds. So, you know, it's it's different now. There's no profit margin. It's It's proceeds. Whatever's left over from the cost of doing the school goes straight to the foundation.
0: That's incredible. I think... You need this quarantine to be over, yes. so you can get on and doing that. That's, now you're a pretty, you're pretty awesome. powerful
1: girl. Why don't you do something about this? Step up and let's let's fix this. Call. Uh,
0: I want to be. I want to be back on the course as much as you. Oh, so. I can imagine.
1: You guys, you you players yeah. are going nuts.
0: Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Um, considering I only have some hardwood floors in my house, the greens are rolling very oh, fast. Well,
1: when, hey, look at the bright side. Now your glass always has to stay half full. If you, if you get good putting on those hardwood floors imagine how good you're going to be when you get out on a real green
0: oh I know I'm going to hit everything yeah (laughs) a little short I was going to say yeah you're going to leave
1: everything 10 feet short for the first couple uh sessions but you'll get your your rhythm back
0: (laughs) I agree well I want to thank you for hopping on today's episode and sharing some insight about a possible reason why people might suck at golf and of course a little bit about your foundation it has been so fun
1: well, I thank you so much for inviting me. It was great, and I'd be happy to come on anytime.
0: All right. Well, I'll see you soon once this quarantine's over.
1: Thank you very much. Stay out of trouble, and um, keep your head down.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Talk later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. As always, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Why You Suck at Golf. I'm Avery Dovsek, and you can find me on any social media platform at Avery underscore Dovsek. That is A-V-E-R-E-E underscore D-O-V-S-E-K. Thanks for tuning in, and keep an eye out for the next one.